I'm afraid to look at you too long. I'm afraid I'm going to cry. <laughs> There's nothing, guys. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Say that word with me. Nothing. There's nothing. 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 <laughs> mm. I love that song. Man, I've heard that song all my life. Mm. It is great, great to be here uh, with you guys and uh, just to have this opportunity to stand here just a few minutes and share with you what uh, God and I have been talking about for the last few weeks. And, and I have to tell you, I'm just real excited uh, about being able to, to share it with you. And uh, if you are one of those graduates uh, that we showed on the screen, congratulations to you. And uh, I, I pray that this sermon will mean something to you, it will just embed in your life. I pray that each one of us sitting here this morning will just have ears to hear what we've got to share with you. And uh, so uh, I'm just going to start off with a, a story that actually I told here about six, uh, six or seven years ago. It was actually on the other side of the building over there. But I shared this story and it's just one of my favorite stories in the world and you'll understand why when I get through sharing it with you. Uh, and I know that possibly some of you have heard this story before, but it's such a good story that uh, it's worth hearing a second time. But we have so many new people and stuff, I know you, you haven't heard it. So, uh, as you know, in just a few weeks, our mission team uh, will be leaving for Eleuthera. Again, this will be our 17th year to go to Eleuthera and what a... What an incredible blessing it's been to go there and, and just involve ourselves in the lives of those people and build those relationships. And, and when Golden Corner gets on the, on, on the island, they, they know that, uh, that we're, we're there, you know. Uh, a good breeze starts coming because we pray very hard for a good breeze and, and so forth. Matter of fact, I got a phone call a few weeks ago on a Monday around lunchtime. Uh, from a lady named Rosemary Bells. Many of you know Rosemary. Uh, she was my French teacher in, in high school. And the uh, only word that I learned from French was Femme la bouche. That means shut up. <laughs> Keep your mouth closed, Mark. <laughs> and that's about it. But, oh, she's just become a mom to me. And, and I, I wish I could just had the time to tell you the story between it. But I get this phone call. And she says, Mark, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're eating lunch yet, but I'm at the depot. And um, there's a guy here from Eleuthera. And they were at um, one of the uh, civic... Uh, I don't know if it was the Rotary Club. It's Rotary Club. She said, he's a guy from Eleuthera's here. And said, uh, I told him, said, I know a guy that goes to Eleuthera almost every year. I know his church does. His name's Mark Bagwell. And the guy said, Golden Corner Church. And uh, then he went on to say, I've never met Pastor Bagwell, but I've heard of him. And, uh, you know, I know of Golden Corner. So she said, can you please come up? And I did. And, and it was just a fun time meeting that guy. But uh, about 10 years ago, we were going to do a really big project in Eleuther that summer. And so myself and another fellow from the church and three guys from Pickens, we flew over in the spring of the year to just investigate what we were going to need because we knew we were going to have to order materials from the United States because we knew we couldn't find everything that we needed on the island. And, and we just spent a couple of days just putting that whole project together. Well, before we came home, 
uh, we went to a little island called Abaco. And the reason we did, one of the guys from Pickens, he has a sister that lives on Abaco. She married a guy from Abaco. And, and what this guy does is he's a, he takes out deep sea fishing charters. If you want to go deep sea fishing, well, you, you, you hire him to take you out. So we got there and we were eating supper that night. He gets a phone call and he sets back down after he finishes his phone call at the table. And he looks at us and he says, hey guys. Would you like to go deep sea fishing tomorrow? My charter has uh, canceled on me. And by the way, it'll be free. I like that word free. You know, I was just like, and we were just like, yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's do it, you know. And so we, we, we got up early that morning, and we got on the boat, and we headed out. And, and man, I was just, I was jazzed. I was fired up. And, and I was the only one on the boat that had never been deep sea fishing before. So they said, Mark, when we get the first hit, it's yours. You can, you can reel it in. So, you know, I'm standing there, and I'm doing my stretches, and I'm getting ready because this was the deal. The captain come down and he baited three poles over here and three poles over here. And he literally was putting bait on those hooks bigger than anything I'd ever caught out of Kiwi. <laughs> so I was thinking, if something bites that, we're on, man. We are on, you know. I'm just excited about it. And so, boy, you know, we 15, 20, 30 minutes passed. About, about a half hour passes, and all of a sudden, one of the poles just goes, bam! And when it does, the captain jumps down, he grabs the pole, and he says, Mark, get in the chair, get in the chair! And they, they bring the pole over, and they put it in the, the little thing that holds the pole, and I'm reaching, I'm, I'm reeling, and I'm pulling, and I'm reeling, and I'm pulling. And the captain's standing there like this, and he's like, come on, Bagwell, you look like a sissy. Come on, you, you look like a tourist, man. You need to reel, you need to reel. I'm just reeling and reeling. And then all of a sudden, my fish that I've got hooked comes out of the water. You know what I mean. You've seen it before. I mean, just completely out of the water. And I'm like, whoa. Like that, and the captain says, it's a wahoo. I had no idea what a wahoo was. It didn't matter. It was just a big fish, and I was excited. Well, when it hit the water, it just went straight down. And I'm telling you, I was pulling like this, and then it started coming back up, and all of a sudden, the captain was like, I'm serious, Mark. Pull, pull, reel, reel as hard as you can. There's a shark after your fish. I look out there about 50 yards out, and I see this fin. Barreling toward my fish. I'm reeling as hard as I can. It gets about 40 yards out. And all of a sudden, that shark opens its mouth and bites my fish half in two. Bam! Just. And I'm just going. Ah, 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 and I just quit and everything. Well, the captain says, no, no, Mark, reel, reel, reel as hard as you can. It'll come back after your fish. It'll come back. So I'm just reeling and reeling. Well, of course, it's just scooting around the top of the water because there's no resistance because this, you know, it's just, uh, and I'm just pulling and pulling. Sure enough, boom, that fin comes back up, and that shark is after the rest of my fish. So I'm just, I'm reeling as hard as I can. I get the fish to the back of the boat. The captain reaches down, grabs the fish, throws it in the boat, the shark is coming so fast after my fish, it hits the back of the boat and just rolls in. 
By this time, I am not sitting in that chair anymore. I am standing in that chair. And I'm going, ah! I'm like, I'm looking at everybody. I'm, Did you see that? Did you see? Listen, seriously. If somebody would have just walked up behind me and started going, doom, 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 doom. That'd been it. Jesus would have just took me on. I'd have just had a heart attack. I'd have died. I'm just telling you. Oh, my gosh. And <clears throat> you ever heard the old statement, cuss like a sailor? You ever heard that? I figured out where that came from. That captain was cussing that shark. He was saying things to that shark that I never even thought of before. I mean, I was going, la, 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 la. He was calling it every name, not in the world, in the universe, you know. I mean, he didn't like him. You know, that's bad for his business, you know. People out there paying him and, you know, they, they wind up with a fish like this. <laughs> Look at that. See, the, see where that thing bit my... Oh, my goodness. Now, it's bad when a preacher tells a fish story and he has to show a picture to actually you know, prove that it's true. Well, we took the rest of my wife back, and he cleaned it, inflated it, and cooked it for us that night. Oh, my gosh. What a, it was so crazy. I wish I had time to tell you about us going back snorkeling that I don't even have time. If you want to hear that story, it's a great story, too. I could not wait to get home. And tell Sheila and tell my kids about it and tell some of you guys about it. I couldn't wait to get back to a Luther that summer uh, and tell the kids, especially the teenage boys that I'd just been involved with for years. I couldn't wait to tell them my deep sea fishing story. So I told them and I told them everything I just told y'all and they were laughing and chuckling. And, and finally when I got done with the story, one of the boys looked at me and he said, Preacher Mark, he said, do you know why that shark came after your fish? And I said, well, you know, I, I really just haven't thought about it that much. I guess it was hungry. He said, no, 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 no. He said, your fish was injured. He said, your fish was injured. And sharks are scavengers. And so they come, they come after things that are injured, things that are weak, Things that they think they can grab easily. And guys, I want to tell you something. When that young man said that to me, I'll never forget it. Even as I say it to you right now, I can see the whole picture of me standing there and those boys around me. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, and Mark, that's just what Satan does to people. When they're injured. When they're down. When they're depressed, when they're sick, that's when Satan comes after them. They're easy prey. You know, guys, this is a deal. This is a deal. Satan doesn't, you know, watch you wake up in the morning. He, he doesn't watch Mark Bagwell wake up in the morning. Maybe Mark Bagwell's got the flu or maybe Mark Bagwell's depressed or, or something like that. He doesn't wake up and see, and see me like that and look over at the principalities from hell that would be coming after me and say, oh, you know what? Mark doesn't feel good today, so just leave him alone. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. Matter of fact, he pulls up the heat so many times. When we are like that. Now, guys, he'll come after you anytime. 
when, when a button's pushed on you and, and you can react like that and he want to take advantage of it. But especially, though, when you're, when you're injured like that young man was talking about. And, 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 and Satan, he's, he's not one of these, these guys that will come at you and just scream at you in your face. Most of the time he comes at you with a whisper. And he'll say stuff like, no one loves you. No one cares for you. You're not worthy. You're worthless. You're ugly. Even God doesn't love you. And I'm here to tell you this today. And listen to me this. When you start hearing stuff like that, pecking on your head, I want you to understand something this morning. The Holy Spirit would never say those words to you. Do you hear me? God would never speak such words to you. So if God's not speaking those words to you, then it has to be Satan. Jesus puts it this way. In John chapter 10... Now, if you haven't read the chapter, uh, you haven't read John, the whole book's great. Uh, but chapter 10 is just an awesome, awesome chapter. But, it, but in John chapter 10, there's this verse, John 10, 10. And Jesus is, is talking with his disciples. And he just stops for a moment and, and he just says this to them. And I think we have the verse on the screen. It says, he says, now guys, listen to me. I want you to understand this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So he just wanted to, he wanted to just lay that out there. He wanted to warn them. And 2,000 years later, he's having me look at you and say, the thief, Satan, he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and give it to the full. I love the King James Version. It says, give it abundantly. So what does that mean? If Satan's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and Jesus has come to give life and give it to the full, what does that mean? The key word here, the key word is life. Because this is what I've come to discover, and this is what I know, and this is what I live in my, in my life. Jesus is life. That's, that is the definition, I believe, of life. Jesus. Matter of fact, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He says, I am life. And I've come to give myself to you. And so the rest of the service today, we're going to talk about that some. You know, we live in, we live in a, a society that... That people are just continuously, some people go to the grave and really not know what life is all about for them. They're asking that question, what is the purpose of my life? What is life for me? And, and many people do this. Many people look for life by acquiring possessions. If I can just have more, 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 I'll just have life then. Many look for life by experiencing pleasure. If I can just experience more pleasure, then, then I'll have life, real life. Some look for life by gaining prestige and even power. But I'll tell you this, real life, real life comes only through, and this word that, that you know I love, only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Not a religion with Jesus Christ, but a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and when we start living in that life of Jesus, there is tremendous benefits Tremendous benefits. And, and I'm going to read a few scriptures. If, if you're taking notes this morning, you probably will not have enough time to write this down fast enough. But I'm going to give you some, some scriptures this morning. And uh, I, we'll post them probably on Tuesday. We'll post these on our website and you can look at them. Or I've even got a, a, a page on the guest services that you can take home with you today. But what are some benefits of having that life with Jesus Romans 8.1 tells us you'll have a clear conscience. Romans 8.6 says you have life and peace. Romans 8.26 says you'll have, you'll have help in weakness. Romans 8.28 says you'll have purpose in your life. Romans 9.31, you'll have confidence in your life. Romans 8.39, you have security in your life. Philippians 4.13, you'll have power and strength. In your life. Philippians 4.19. You'll have fulfillment in your life. And John 8.32 and 36 says. You'll have freedom in your life. Now that sounds like a good deal to me. That sounds like a wonderful thing. To bring ourselves into. To bring ourselves into a relationship with Jesus Christ. To be able to experience. These things that I've just read to you. And that's just scratching the scratch. Now, I know that when you hear stuff like what I'm talking about, the thief, he still, start, he still continues to try to sneak in there. Even sitting here, he'll start laying things in your mind. And some of you may be sitting there saying, well, you know what, Mark, that is great for you. And, and I'm sure it's great for probably everybody else in this auditorium. But the deal is, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done, Mark. I don't know that I deserve a life and a life to the full. You don't know what I've done. You know what, guys? No, I don't know what you've done. But I do know the one that knows what you've done. His name's Jesus. And this is the deal. He loves you just as much today as he loved you the day you were born. And you need to hear that. And I also know that, that when he was here on, his, on this earth and he was in the midst of his ministry, that, that he, he seeked out the people that many times society would push aside and that society would not want to have anything to do with. And that's who he hung out with. And so I was trying to write that down and, and try to give some examples of that. And all of a sudden, I get this, this message, and I read it, and it says it a whole lot better than I could write it down. So I'm just going to read it to you. Listen to this. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. Not an abundant life for selfish reasons. It's a life for true fulfillment. You see, Jesus lived among the broken. He shared his meals with the ungodly. He was never stuck inside the prison of religion. He is true freedom and everlasting joy. When society restricted people from touching the sick, Jesus would touch them and heal them. When holy men restricted themselves from being with sinners, Jesus befriended them. And when the religious system restricted people from having access to God, the good father, then God, the perfect son, came in the flesh 
to be among them, to love them, to save them, to be them, to be life in them. That's what Jesus did. That's the Jesus I'm so excited about. And so no, no I don't. I don't know what you may have done. But again, Jesus does. And he loves you still today as much as he did the day you were born. Well, you might say this, Mark. Okay, I hear what you're saying. And, and you know, I've accepted Jesus into my life. And I'd really love to experience what you're talking about. But I really, I really haven't so far. I'm just being honest with you, Mark. I just really haven't experienced that. How can, how can people experience that kind of life, that life to the full that you're talking about? Well, there's a story in the Bible about a guy named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a religious leader. And he came to Jesus and he was talking to Jesus about about how to to enter heaven. And uh, we can talk about the theological part of what all of what Jesus said to him about entering heaven. But if you remember, what did Jesus say to him? He said, Nicodemus, if you can be born again, then that's what it takes. And so Nicodemus and all of his wisdom and all of his studies and stuff, he looked back at Jesus and he said, what do you mean? How can I go into my my mother's belly and be born again? And what Jesus was saying to him is, no, 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 Nicodemus, if you can come to me as a child, if you can come to me as a child, then you can be born again. Matter of fact, listen to this too. This is out of the message. Mark 10, 13 through 16 says this. The people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The disciples shooed them off, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. And he said this, don't push these children away. Don't even get between me and them. These children are the very center of life In the kingdom. Mark this. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of of a child, you'll never enter it. That's Jesus' words. Jesus is saying, what do I want out of you? What do I desire out of you? He's saying, I want you to come to me like a child. Well, when I was writing the notes for this, I was at my son's house, Drake. And I was on the computer, and I was writing these notes down, and Sheila and my daughter-in-law, Ashley, and my, my grandson, Banks, they were gone. But as I was right at this very part, I, I heard them come, and the door opened, and then I heard two little feet hit the floor. And then I heard two little feet doing this. <laughs> and, buddy, I knew what was happening. He knew where I was, and he was coming to find me. Whoa, he was coming through. Now, he's 18 months old, so he sort of looks like this when he's running, you know. And he was coming through, and he was maneuvering through this door and that door and this hall. And they've just got a big, wide-open space for Drake's office. There's no door. And he come around that space, and he stopped, and he looked at me, and his eyes got big. And he said, Papa? Papa? And then he just 
stood there and looked at me for my response. <laughs> well, Papa was sitting there behind that computer, and I was just looking at him. And I just pushed that computer over to the side, and I reached up, and I picked him up in my arms. And I'm telling you, that was one beautiful, happy grandboy. And that was one, I'm not going to use beautiful, happy papa. And we just walked through the house. Man, I'm just telling you, we just walked through. And he's got this deal the last couple of weeks, you know. I mean, when we see him, especially the first time, he'll just take his head and he'll just smother his head right here. And he'll reach around and he'll grab my shirt and he's just holding on to my shirt and he's just pulling himself. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, you try to get between me and Banks at that time. Let Satan try to get between you and the Father at that time. When you come to him as a child, and I'm not talking once a week. I'm not talking once a month. I'm not talking once a year. I'm not talking when you just come on Sunday morning. I'm talking every day. Every day when you get out of that bed. Y'all heard me say this a couple of weeks ago. I believe that God is looking down and when you wake up, he's saying, there's my boy, there's my girl. And he's so excited to have another day with you. And he just wants you to come to him as a child like Banks came to his papa. Now, I do have to tell you this. We picked Banks up a few weeks ago at his preschool. And so his mom was there and she was picking him up over the little half door. And I come around the hall and I seen him. And I looked and I said, Bankster! And he heard me. And I just sort of, you know, you know, just sort of squatted down like this, ready, because she put him down. And here he come again and he's getting right to me and I'm doing like this. He gets right there, and then he jukes me like C.J. Spiller. Foo-foo! He's around me just like that. You know why? Because Grandma is standing back there. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my goodness. He just went and jumped in Grandma's arms, and I'm standing there going, What? What? Ashley's dying laughing. The preschool teachers are dying laughing, and Sheila is glowing. Just another example of just that, that relationship. Now, he does have a great relationship with me, Banks does. A few weeks ago, we went on vacation, and uh, we were down at the beach, and this picture was took of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And guys, I'm just telling you. Look at that. Look at that. And I just, I just imagine myself in the arms of Papa, in the arms of the Father. And I'm holding, and I'm just looking at him, and I'm just grinning. And he's just pointing at me. And that's my boy. I love Mark Maxwell so much. That's my boy. And he says the exact same thing about you. 
about each one of you. I don't know where you're at today. Some of you are here and you have Christ in your life. You're a believer. But very possibly you're not experiencing that life, that life abundantly that I've been talking about. And I just encourage you. This is, this is the wrap it up here. I encourage you to, to say, hey, I, I, I want to come to the Lord as a child. And in our mature minds and stuff, we, we, just, we may be saying, Mark, it just can't be that easy. It just, it just can't be that easy. I'm a mature man. I'm a mature woman. But this is the deal. I promise you this. I promise you. If you will come to Christ as a child, He will teach you every single thing you need to know about loving Him, Him loving you, you loving others. He'll teach you everything you need to know to be the greatest husband or the greatest wife in the world. He'll teach you everything you need to know to be the greatest parent or the greatest friend to that person that you work with. He will not let you down. And I have to say this too. Some of you may be sitting there today and you might be saying, but Mark, I need a list. I'm a doer. I need this list and I got to do this and this and this. And if that's the case... This particular day, I don't have anything for you. I don't have that for you. Because, because you're not me, and I'm not you. And God will speak to you differently than He speaks to me. And, and he, he will give you that desire to, to go into His Word. He'll give you that desire to pray. He'll give you that desire of the things that we learn that are so wonderfully done with him but he'll teach you like he needs to teach you because you're his child and you're different than the child sitting beside you are different than me possibly you've never asked Jesus into your life today and I would encourage you to do that so I end with this From the front row all the way to the back. God loves you. Hear me? He loves you. You. You guys, all the way back. Even you guys I can just barely see up against the wall back there. He loves you. He loves you. He certainly wouldn't want me to leave you guys out. Over here. He loves you. Oh how. He loves you and me. Oh, how He loves you and me.
what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Now pray with me. I'm overwhelmed by you. Lord, my heart is running a thousand miles an hour for you right now. I almost hate God to just even speak anymore. Even this prayer. Because I want to just continue to be embraced by you. We got excited this week, Lord. I know we did. (laughs) We got excited to know that there would be people here this morning that needed to hear the words of your son about the thief. About how he comes after us to to steal and kill and destroy. How they needed to, to be warned about that one. Most of all, God, you and I got excited today to know that today many people would hear you love them just who they are. And you cherish them and that you desire to carry them around and and point your finger at them and say, she's mine. He's mine. And I'm so proud of them because I'm life inside of them. Now, guys, before I finish this prayer, let me just ask you if, you, if you're sitting there this morning and your heart's just beating out of your chest, you, your hands may be sweating some, and there's just sort of this battle going on inside of you, it's very possible that you haven't asked Jesus into your life. I would just encourage you right where you're sitting to just say, Father, I want what Mark's talking about. So I just come to you like I am. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. Make me a Christian. Oh, you can do that sitting right there, guys.
And Lord, there may be some sitting there and they're still struggling right now. How can I come to you like a child? Lord, just help them be willing. Even at this very moment, right where they're sitting, maybe whisper to you, Lord, teach me. Teach me how to do that. And I know you'll be faithful, God, to teach them. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for life. Abundant life. I praise you. I pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody together says amen. Guys, maybe you're sitting there this morning and you've just heard me and there's something's going on in your life and you just need to talk to somebody a little bit more. Well, Scott is standing right over there and he would be happy, happy to talk with you. And when I dismiss you in just a few moments, I'm just going to just stay right here. I'm in no hurry. And uh, I'll just talk with you. I'll pray with you. Anything that you would like. It's been a real blessing to me today. Thank you. I hope you have a great weekend. For those of you that served our country. Thank you. What a great gift you have given our lives. Thank you for that. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.